You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. I've had the privilege of attending seven Final Fours, three college football championship games, two Super Bowls, two Major League Baseball World Series, and numerous other college and professional championship experiences. I can honestly say that my five times attending the College World Series were the most fun. The atmosphere is electric and laid back at the same time. The 10-day celebration combines elite-level competition with basically a very large family picnic. Catherine Morrissey has been affiliated with the College World Series of Omaha, Inc., the host committee, for more than 30 years, but this year's version will be her last as the executive director. She joins us today to talk about this great event. Catherine, welcome to Sports Connections. Well, thank you, David. Just let's start with the atmosphere. Talk about that great atmosphere at the College World Series. That didn't just happen by accident. You know, it didn't happen by accident. And actually, it's been kind of morphing and changing since 1950, which was the first year that we hosted the College World Series in Omaha. We had a brand new municipal stadium. It didn't even have a name other than Municipal Stadium. And it was located in the middle of a blue class neighborhood uh, full of fairly recent immigrants. Uh, and to me, there, there was a lot of uh, friendliness uh, that was there from the very beginning. Uh, it, it has always felt like a, a grown-up block party. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of people have compared it to kind of a state fair atmosphere. And, and we hope the best of that is still with us. Now, was the zoo there at the time or did that get built near, near the stadium? You know, the, the zoo and the stadium have coexisted for a long time. They were our good neighbor for, for decades. Um, and it's interesting, since we have moved downtown, they have used the parking lot, the space that was formerly Rosenblatt Stadium, to enhance their attendance figures. But they've been very kind and kept a little memorial called Infield to the Zoo that okay. uh, still shows the site of, of home plate and has a few. Actually, people can go there and, and play a little bit of uh, wiffle ball. Okay. Now, what steps through the years, what steps did your committee take to continue and even improve the peripheral things that make the event so much fun? Because obviously baseball is the focus, but there were so many other things that went on that make that atmosphere so great. Because you're only getting two games a day, and yet it's just it's from morning until well after the second game at night. What did you guys do to, to improve that? Over the years, there have been a lot of attempts to enhance the series. Uh, in the early days, there was the addition of uh, our service clubs. Uh, we have some traditional ones like the Lions and the, the Optimists yeah. and the Rotary, but we also have some non-traditional ones like the Offutt Air Force Base. And those folks become kind of the family to the team while they're there. They're on call 24 hours a day. That's kind of unique to us. We've mm -hmm. talked to other communities about it and they've kind of shaken their head and said, well, I'm not sure if that would work here because it requires a lot of dedication. But I think there's been a big hug by the community. And when it comes to the College World Series, they feel that that's their event. We've grown it kind of from its infancy to what it is now. There's a lot of pride in mm -hmm. being the destination this time of year. 
And, you know, there's just been a lot of things that we've done. For example, we created the very first opening ceremonies. Now, I can't say it was a totally original idea because we looked to the Olympics for inspiration. My husband, Dan, created the very first one to celebrate 50 years here in Omaha in 1999. So there's always been innovation. There's always been that attempt to, to make it as exciting as possible for the teams and for the fans. You know, it's interesting, Catherine, because... I've I've noted this for a long time since I first started following college baseball a few years ago. Let's put it that way. Uh, You know, when you talk about uh, like the the college basketball championship, it's the road to the final four. You talk about BCS, the college football championship. It's the road to the championship game. When you talk about college baseball, it's the road to Omaha. It's not the road to the college World Series. And I don't know if that just happened or if that was something purposeful, but I think that ties to what you were just saying in that, you know, the city has hugged it. The city has embraced the event as their event. Yeah, you guys have an organizing committee, a host committee that works on the dot in the I's and crossing the T's, but it's the city's event. It's not your event. That's absolutely right. And I would say it goes beyond the city. We've got a metro area. We've got neighbors across the river in Iowa who embrace it just as much as we do. Uh, We have fans that stay in neighboring communities like as far away as Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, So there's a lot that's going on. And, And, you know, when you say Road to Omaha, I have to tell you about the sculpture that's become the iconic symbol of the event. That's kind of another example of how this community has backed that. Our our local organizing committee, College World Series of Omaha, Inc., created that sculpture. Uh, We did so, again, to commemorate our 50th year in Omaha of the event, but then we gifted it to the city and to the fans. So it's been our present to say thank you for all your support over the years. Is that the, the sculpture of the dog pile? It is. It's okay, the kind that. of victorious, we're number one sort yeah. of dog pile. Yes. And we talked a little bit uh, when you and I were talking the other day about the atmosphere outside the ballpark and the fact that, you know, the fans, they, they set their vacation. If they expect their team to be there, they set their vacation. And I remember many times coming up there and at, between games, running across to Zesto, and walking between the the you know the trailers, the RVs that came up for the game, and there's a whole bunch of LSU fans, and LSU wasn't in the tournament because they had gotten knocked off in the regional. It is such an event. And you talked about it, it's more than just the Omaha area, it's the surrounding area. There, there are people who make that an annual thing as from as far away as Louisiana and, and probably other areas because it's such a fun thing, even if their team is not there. Again, was that purposeful or did that just happen? And you're like, you guys are like, hey, let's enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I think there is a lot about that that's organic. I mean, you can't plan um, what you fall in love with. And this yeah. community has fallen in love with the College World Series. And now that's generational. Uh, yeah. That's one of the beautiful things about this event. It's, it's family friendly. It's affordable. So we have generations. We have people coming up to us saying, I've been coming to this event since I was a baby. And it's just not summer without going to games. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, the, the atmosphere, and I mentioned to you that I had not been since you guys moved downtown. The atmosphere at Rosenblatt was, I think, unique. I, I think I've been to a lot of minor league baseball parks where it's similar, but it's not the same. How hard was it to transition that atmosphere 
to a new, new venue downtown after, after the 2010 season? You know, I, I would say it was difficult. People had a tremendous love for Rosenblatt Stadium, and I was one of them. There was so much history that occurred there. I mean, there it was kind of the cathedral of college baseball. Right. And to put that um, in a new stadium probably was an unfair expectation. Uh, I mean, it had to earn its stripes just like Rosenblatt did. Rosenblatt probably wasn't Rosenblatt in the early years. Uh, In fact, I remember Jack Deasing Sr., who was chairman of our board of directors, had to go hat in hand to the business community to raise funds just for a tarp for the field at Rosenblatt. Oh, wow. we had the advantage there of, of, you know, having more financial backing. We have tremendous support from the philanthropic community or a great public private partnership that has occurred over the years. So there was certainly the money to put toward this custom made cathedral, the new one for college baseball in our North downtown, but you know, it's still gaining its own patina. But the good thing is I think after the first couple of years, people, felt that it was okay to say that they really loved the stadium. They love those big wide seats. They like the uh, 360 degree concourse with all the fresh air. And there are some tremendous benefits. And I have to tell you the skyline of the city of Omaha, the view that we get from the night games in particular from this new stadium are spectacular. And I will tell you that there's one, at least one person, but one person I'm friends with who absolutely loves the fact that Rosenblatt closed after the 2010 season. And that is my friend Whit Merrifield, who is the star of the Kansas City Royals, who had the walk-off hit to close the 2010 College World Series. He, he will, every time we talk about the College World Series, and it's coming up again, uh, and I actually had him on the podcast recently, uh, and he talks about the fact I got the last hit in Rosenblatt, and nobody will ever take that away. And it was the walk-off hit that won the championship, the, the university's first ever men's championship, their first baseball championship, obviously. He carries that. He could win a, a Major League Baseball World Series, and I think the proudest moment was that walk-off hit in the College World Series. So he's, he's one of the few that immediately was glad that Rosenblatt was going to get torn down. Isn't that funny? And actually, they achieved that team achieved – Bookend victories, the last victory at Rosenblatt Stadium, the first victory at TD Ameritrade Park, which is another remarkable feat. It's, those are the sorts of things that you can't script, but yeah. that are part of the story of the College World Series in Omaha that we're just so proud of. Yeah. He, and he will just say, well, that was the other guys that because that, he, had, <laughs> he had been drafted and, and had moved on to the Royals organization. So you talked about a couple of the the things, the concourse, the view. What are some of the advantages of the new facility? Well, you know, I, I also think it's been great that just like happened at uh, in the in our part of the community where Rosenblatt was, people got to know South Omaha because of the College World Series. Now they've had the opportunity to get to know our north downtown community and this is there's some really exciting things happening in part because the stadium is here and and provides an anchor for that new growth but we have an area that's called the makerhood where we are attempting to not only grow 
tech startups, but also re- kind of rekindle the, the fire of some of the more traditional arts like upholstery and fine carpentry. So there's that kind of vibe that's going on here, as well as a, an art scene that's entirely different than other parts of our community. And then there's kind of the, the technical niceties for um, the, the baseball fans. I, I mean, we've got a big screen that we you know couldn't have had at Rosenblatt Stadium. We've got entrance and egress that's much faster than what we had. We can basically empty the stadium in about 12 minutes, which it was unheard of at yeah. Rosenblatt Stadium. Yeah. That was entirely well, you wouldn't have been able to get out of the stadium, but you're going to sit in the parking lot for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Very true. And and maybe there were a lot of friendships that were deepened during the 20 minutes. <laughs> most people would say, get me out of here. I've got to celebrate the game. So here's the most important question from a transition standpoint. If I come up to a game uh, for the, this year's College World Series, between games, can I get a Zesto? <laughs> yes, I am so glad to say yes, you can. They're right immediately south of the stadium, literally right across the street is a restaurant called Blatt Beer and Table. Obviously, Blatt is an homage to Rosenblatt. And within that, one of the owners felt that it was very important that there be a presence of Zestos. The little sign with the Curly Q ice cream cone is right out front, and you won't have any trouble finding it. But there will be a long line. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's worth it. That's one of the few times. I mean, I remember the first time I was up there covering it uh, and I was working for the NCAA and, and you know, I can't remember what I was doing officially. And somebody said, well, between games, go to Zesto. I was like, what's a Zesto? And I went there and there was a line and I was fortunately with somebody because if I was by myself, I'd have turned around. They said, no, it's worth it. And you go th- and you walk into this little tiny shack and like, I'm getting in line for this. And then I tasted the Zesto and I never missed. I mean, every time I was up there for a game, I would get a Zesto. So explain for those people who have not been to Omaha, explain what a Zesto is. And I know they had a lot of other food, but specifically the, the desserts. Well, you know, Zesto is is kind of a brand name, just like Dairy Queen or, or whatever. But um, the old Zesto was kind of one of those mom and pop franchise owned places. Um, not only they, my personal favorite was the banana shakes. They were amazing. A lot of people like the Oreo shakes. So they, they, everybody kind of had their favorites. And surprisingly, it wasn't until years down the road that they even limited their menu. So you could go in and get a corn dog to go with your shake or whatever. Now, the new place I will tell you is a bit more streamlined. If you want the food, you go to the restaurant side. But those cones and those uh, favorite shakes are still there. And, and in fact, one of the traditions that the NCA created, and again, these things happen organically. Yeah, My yeah. good friend, J.D. Hamilton, was one who had a little red wagon, you know, like the kind kids use. And he would take the little red wagon to Zesto's and pile it full of a variety of shakes and then haul it back to the stadium and everybody would have their choice. Uh, the behind the scenes folks, you know, couldn't yeah. supply the whole stadium, but behind the scenes, that was a tradition. And if I remember correctly, long before, and I don't want to give a plug, plus or minus, but but I will, I guess, long before Dairy Queen started taking their shakes and holding them upside down to show how thick they were, Zesto did that same thing. Like those shakes were so thick. They were a meal. You didn't worry about what else was on the menu because you could fill up with a shake and they would hold it upside down to show it how show you how thick it was. 
Oh yeah. Your cheeks got sore, you know, from kind of sucking that up. Yeah. It, it was good though. It was worth it. All right. Now I have created a, a list of the top 10 sporting events that I have attended in person. I'm eventually going to write a book about it, but right now my list has about 20 events on it. So I have to pare it down a little bit. One of mine is the 1996 College World Series championship game when LSU's Warren Morris hit the walk-off home run. And obviously that was, they were playing Miami and it was a one game championship. You guys have changed the format since then. Miami took the lead. I think it was two to one in the top of the ninth inning. And Morris, who had not hit a home run all season, hit a two-run home run with two outs in the bottom of that inning. I'm sure that's on your list, but what are some of your favorite memories through, through your years being affiliated with the College World Series? You know, actually, that's one certainly up there in the top three, I would say. It, I have never seen an entire College World Series, uh, you know, inning first inning to the final, it's just not something that I can do given what my responsibilities are. But I will say for that game, I was in what we used to call the Vatican because Dennis Pope was the head of College (laughs) World Series from the NCAA. So the Pope was in the Vatican. I was up there in the Vatican watching that. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is like Hollywood came to Omaha. This is an amazing development. Nobody, if we had put this on uh, paper, nobody would have bought it as feasible. You know, no, that would never happen. But I have since had the opportunity to be exposed more to Warren Morris. And what a humble man. What a what an excellent ambassador for the sport. And I just feel like a lot of the guys here that come to Omaha to play baseball are just like him. And ever since then, he's kind of been, you know, one of the people that I just feel like that that's an excellent role model for anybody aspiring to be here you have to be a teammate first and maybe great things will happen when when you come to Omaha yeah I I had a chance to write a story for the College World Series program on Warren Morrison and got to know him with that but just as an aside if you can get me connected with him for the podcast I would love that so (laughs) just just a quick plug sure sure we'll see what we can do okay what other what other favorite memories besides that 96 championship game well you know it's been fun for me to watch what happens kind of behind the scenes or in the stands, because I've literally watched families grow up. Um, People that uh, with the NCAA come here and they bring their children and their spouses. Um, I mean, I, one of the gentlemen, one of, you know, the people that I've really loved working with on the college world series brought his infant son to Omaha because he wanted the first game that that infant baby saw of baseball to be the college world series. So that, that baby's first baseball game was us. And what a flattering thing. What a, what a sweet gesture. And those sorts of things happen all the time. We see, uh, you know, generations of people gathering here for family reunions. They may live in different parts of the country now, and they Mm -hmm. come to Omaha for the college world series and that's their family reunion. So those are the sorts of things that may not happen on the field, but they're part of what makes the College World Series such a, a magical place. So I guess this is kind of a general question. Do the games, the plays, or the people stand out the most? Well, that's a tough one because certainly some of the, the plays have gone down in history. But I, again, I have to go back to the people. Uh, the, this event seems to bring out the best in people. And we, we see some 
amazing coaches who are teaching the game of life in addition to teaching the game of baseball. And we watch them ply their craft here. Uh, and we see those student athletes uh, before they hit the field when they're just preparing and they're nervous and then they go out on the field and, and make spectacular plays. But I more remember how they looked, how how uncertain perhaps, or, or in some case, how pumped, how very confident yeah. they were. So those are the things that I've been privileged to see that not everybody else has enjoyed. So you're getting ready to retire. What will you miss the most? Ah, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I, you know, I think I will miss the fact that there's a destination here in Omaha once a year, and I've been part of it. Uh, it's taken all year to prepare for it. And in all cases, uh, there have been lots of years with long hours where I thought, oh, gee, I don't know if we're ready for it this year. But somehow we always were along with our partners at the city of Omaha and the NCAA and Mecca who runs the stadium. It's such a team effort. There's a, a mm -hmm. team off the field that I am really going to miss. I can still watch the team on the field, but being part of that behind the scenes team is something that I'll, I'll treasure. And I would imagine that you won't have to work real hard to finagle a ticket or two to, <laughs> to go to the games. Uh, you just won't have to put up with the long hours to get there. That's exactly right. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I might take a little bit of a break, make sure that the the new leadership here, which will be amazing, uh, that she has an opportunity to really make her mark. And, and then I, I might cycle back in and, and check it out. Okay. Uh, here's a chance to put on your sales hat, maybe for the last time, at least in this type of setting. Somebody who's never been to the College World Series, why should they put the College World Series on their bucket list? I think they should put the College World Series on their bucket list because it's unique in the sports world. Uh, I mean, as you've mentioned before, we've got a blend of kind of state fair atmosphere along with uh, come watch the people that you'll be seeing in the pros in the coming years. Uh, you'll have that opportunity to say, I saw him when uh, he, he wasn't the major star that he is today. But by the same token, you'll also be able to be part of an event where people tailgate. And even if they don't know you, they'll call you over and ask you if you want to have have an adult beverage, have you know something that maybe uh, crawdads that came up from LSU territory, yeah. even if they aren't participating in that year's team. But there's just so many things about this event that are unique and are generational. So bring your kids, bring your dad. Uh, this year in particular, not always, but often we have College World Series games on Father's Day. And I can't think of any better way for a family to bond than at the College World Series. That's, that's a great answer. And, and you've got, you know, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to figure out if I can get up there uh, for a game this year. Uh, my dad's deceased, but I might try and figure out if my son can, who's a new, a new father, if he can come up with me. So I'll reach out to you about that. I like to wrap up my interviews uh, on a personal side. So tell me about your family. Oh, I've got a wonderful family. I've been very blessed. Uh, my husband was my partner with the College World Series. He, he and I have worked side by side for many years. He just recently retired. He was a tremendous creative spirit in the College World Series. And so we're looking forward to doing some traveling and more things. Um, I, I am the eldest of three siblings. I have a younger sister and a younger brother. And in fact, my younger brother, I introduced him to 
a staff member here who is now our ticket director of ticket operations. And uh, so it's kind of a family affair, even here at the yeah. office. And I have two wonderful kids, uh, actually three now. I have a bonus child in that my daughter is married now. Uh, she played, she and my son both uh, played uh, college sports. Uh, my daughter fenced on a club team and she is now a doctor has a PhD and she has married another PhD doc. Uh, they will be, uh, they're on the faculty while well, he is on the faculty of KU Kansas, uh, moving shortly to, to take that position. My son is a financial kind of an investment banker type now, even though he also at the University of St. Thomas, he was a uh, basketball player. And so we enjoyed seeing the sports from the side of the parent. And he is now doing great things in Minneapolis. All right. Then the final question, I'd love to wrap up with this one. And I, it sometimes will give, will perplex my guests because mm -hmm. they don't even know how to interpret the question. And, and when they ask, do I answer it this way or this way? My answer is yes. So what is your legacy? Mm. Well, I would say that I was privileged to stand on some very broad and big shoulders, shoulders that um, were in a, people who were innovative, um, people who had vision. People brought the College World Series to Omaha when nobody else wanted it because uh, it lost money and nobody knew what it was. But they had a vision. And, and every successive generation that's had leadership here in this community has value added to this event. So I, I hope I've done my part uh, on creating another rung on the ladder that somebody else can, can use as a stepping stone to make the event even better, because I know that'll be the case. All right, great, great way to wrap up. Catherine, it's been a pleasure, excuse me, to, to visit with you. And uh, I look forward to continuing the relationship even after you've stepped down from, from the top rung of that ladder. But thank you very much for joining us. I've enjoyed it tremendously. Thank you, David. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.